Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Braveheart Podcast. It's Wesley here, and thank you so much for all of you who are listening every week to this podcast and are sending us feedback. We love hearing stories and testimonies of all that the Lord is doing through this podcast. So if you have a testimony about how you've been impacted by the Braveheart podcast, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to email us at media at braveheartministries.org or through any of our social media platforms. We'd love hearing testimonies. And our heart is really just to produce gospel-centered content that helps you walk in freedom with the Lord and deeper intimacy with Him and helps you to love those around you like Jesus loves them. And this episode is a message that Peter recently spoke at CFNI, and he really dives into what it means to know God as our Father and how that produces a joy inside of us. So if you have found yourself lacking joy or lacking um, a right relationship with God as your Father, this podcast is for you, and I believe it will be very impactful. So I hope you enjoy. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, I love this place. Um, I'm so thankful to be here. So honored to be at the first T&E. Yeah. So if you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 15. Uh, This is one of my favorite in all of the Bible, Luke 15. Um, I'm going to pray and then we'll hop into the word here. Say amen when you're there. You're going to want to see this in your own Bible. Father, we thank you for tonight. We we come to your word, Lord, with expectant hearts that you would cut us, that you would nourish us, that you would intoxicate us. We need you. Lord, man does not live by bread alone and by how we feel and by the blowings and the tossings of our day. Lord, we live by every word that proceeds from your mouth. So speak to us tonight. Speak deep to our hearts. Lord, when you opened your mouth, when there was nothing, God, worlds were created. And so, Father, we come to your voice tonight like the sound of many waters. Lord, your voice causes mountains to crack, causes knees to bend, it causes deaf ears to open, blind eyes to open, causes pain to flee bodies, it causes infirmities to go, it causes demons to tremble. Lord, we welcome your voice tonight. Spirit of God, would you come and speak to us? We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, let's, let's start reading in Luke chapter 15. I may read the whole chapter. Amen. I believe in the public reading of Scripture. It's biblical. It says devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. There's sometimes it's just good to read the Bible out loud in a company of people. Amen. If you study revival in the Old Testament, when everything got really, really wacky, got weird, they started worshiping other gods, there would be a leader raised up And when they would repent, they would do some ceremonial cleansing, sacrifices, and then they would open the book of the law and they would read the whole thing to remind them of the covenant that they were in. Amen? And so this is the covenant that God's given us. This is his word. And so 
We're gonna start reading uh, in verse one. This is awesome. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So picture this. Some, some folks are gathering around Jesus that the religious folks are immediately offended at the proximity and the fellowship that Jesus is having with tax collectors and sinners. Now, I know we're in 2023 and tax collectors and sinners, we don't talk that way. You're like, yeah, I got turbo tax, I'm good. <laughs> but if you follow the news, if you follow culture, these are people, if you're, a, if you're a Republican, if you identify as a Republican, some hyper-Republican people, they're like, well, Democrats. Oh, Democrats, you know? Or if you're Democrat, you're like, oh, Republican. And there's this disdain for these types of people. This, a tax collector and a sinner to the Pharisee was someone that was, that was distasteful. You would never fellowship with them. You would never eat a meal with them. And so... We all know this, you guys have read this parable, but this is what struck me. The Bible says in verse three, in light of their grumbling, in light of their complaining that Jesus is eating with these guys, it says, so he told them this parable. Now, who's he telling the parable to? Is he telling it to the tax collectors and sinners? So he, he tells them, the Pharisees, the grumblers, they're like, man, this guy, I cannot believe he's eating with these people. He's, he's fellowshipping with them. So he tells them this parable. In the first parable, he, he tells a story of, of a guy who loses one sheep out of 99, out of 100. He loses one. And in the parable, he goes on. You guys know the story. Hey, when he found it, verse 5, he lays it on his shoulders doing what? Rejoicing. Everyone say rejoicing. Can you picture rejoicing? Yeah, let me see your rejoicing face. Let me see your rejoicing hands. <laughs> so hold up. So he's, I think sometimes we think Jesus is harder on the Pharisees than he actually was. Stay with me. So these guys are grumbling, they're complaining, like they're not rejoicing, they're, these, these dudes are unhappy. They're like, man, this isn't right. And he goes, hey, I wanna tell you a story about this guy who lost a sheep and when he found him, guess what he did? He had a party. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, let me tell you another one. Cause they looked at him funny, they looked at him crooked. They're like, all right, guy lost a sheep, he found one, he's rejoicing, okay. And he goes, eh, let me tell you another one. He goes, this woman, she had 10 coins and she lost one. What do you think she's gonna do? Our sister, our sister shared it tonight. She's gonna light a lamp. She's gonna sweep the house until she finds the coin and then what's gonna happen? Look at what it says in verse nine. And when she finds it, she calls together her friends. So she, not only she's not rejoicing, she is throwing a party. She has called together her friends and neighbors Maybe some folks she doesn't even know. And she says, rejoice with me. Hey guys, they're like, they're like having their normal dinner 
And they get this knock on the door, the crazy lady next door, and she's like, hey, rejoice with me. They're like, what? Like, I found my coin. They're like, we didn't know it was lost. She's like, exactly. So, so he says this. She says, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. And he says this, just so I tell you, there is joy. Say joy. Joy Joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now this to me is a funny parable to tell people complaining about eating with sinners. And you know what I think he was doing? Like we, we tell these parables to lost people to say, hey, God wants you and his family. And that's true. He does. <laughs> he wants you and his family. But he's not telling this parable to lost people. He's telling, this, he's telling this parable to Pharisees who are judgmental, who forgot how to rejoice. And he's trying to teach them how to rejoice again. And he's trying to restore joy to them. And I believe, jo- I believe joy is one of the most underrated aspects of the kingdom of God in the body of Christ right now on the earth today. Guys, we need joy. Joy, joy is, not, is not circumstantial, but God wants you both happy and free. I'm telling you, we need more Christians who are happy and free on the earth today. Because a happy and free Christian is a holy Christian, is a worshiping Christian, is a praying Christian, is an incredible evangelist Christian. (laughs) Oh, I'm telling you, please, my evangelist people, don't do evangelism if you're not happy and free. That's not a good advertisement. If you're grumpy and in bondage, just stay home. Skip outreach. I'm sorry, maybe that's too, God can use even, even grumpy in, in bondage. He can, because he can use donkeys. But let's, let's believe for the best, amen? Let's, let's, let's take the promised land, milk and honey, oil making our faces glad. God wants you to be happy and free. Blessed or happy is the man whose sins are forgiven and whose lawless deeds are remembered no more. That's happy and free. <clears throat> So he, he goes on and he tells an ultra famous parable that I want to look at tonight. And so he's, he's still telling this parable, but I framed it this way because how many of you have heard the parable of the prodigal son and, and it's usually geared towards prodigals, sometimes about the father, occasionally about the older brother. But I believe this is a parable about joy. I believe, I believe God in this parable, Jesus is trying to teach his children how to have joy again. Guys, without joy, you will not endure to the end. Persecution is coming upon the church in America. And if you do not know how to enjoy God, if you don't enjoy being a Christian genuinely, you will not make it to the end. It was for the joy set before Jesus that he endured the cross. You cannot endure without joy. If two people are doing the same thing and one person enjoys it a lot more than the other person, the person who enjoys it more is going to do it longer. You can't outlast someone that's enjoying something more than you. 
Think about it. Have you ever met people and they just like organizing stuff? They're like, I love organizing closets. And I go in there and I'm like, oh. And you just like pretend like you're helping and you're moving hangers around and you're like fiddling and they're just like geeking out and they're labeling everything and they got the label machine. You are not gonna outlast those people. They will still be in there six hours later and you've gone to get Chick-fil-A and then by that point you're like, do you need anything? You're scrolling on your phone. The Christian life is like this. We have to pause. You're in Bible school, I'm telling you, but you need to pause and make sure you know how to enjoy God. The new covenant was meant to be enjoyable. This is why, this is why in the old covenant, the, the substance that was, that was used, the liquid that was used was water. It was cleansing. Everything was about cleansing and cleansing and cleansing. But in the new covenant, it is what? It's wine. Am I allowed to say wine in here? What does wine do? Makes you glad. I'm talking about the wine of his spirit, the wine of his love, the blood of the covenant. Y'all are like, I, don't, I can't amen that. Come on, stay with me. We know what we're talking about. We're talking about the blood of the covenant, his love, amen? <clears throat> All right. Well, there's a reason why more of us aren't happier and more free, amen? And so we're gonna look at this tonight. Uh, and I can speak with passion tonight Everything that I'm saying that you feel like, ooh, wow, it was, it's me and has been me, okay? So that's, you've been forewarned. All right, <clears throat> verse 11, let's read this together. And he said, there was a man <clears throat> who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Say no one gave him anything. So his father gave him everything and then he spent it and then no one gave him anything. It's interesting. <clears throat> but when he came to himself, oh, he came to himself He came to, you'll get it later. He said, he came to himself, then he said, <laughs> how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? When you stray from the Father's house and you go out looking for life in the world, which I'm gonna make 
the bold assumption that some here are tempted to go out into the world and to find something, you know, you sing that U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. <laughs> That's okay if you're talking about Jesus. But, well, it's not okay, you can find him. But some people, they feel that, they feel that insatiable desire and they're like, well, let me go out and look in the world and here and there. And when you get out of the Father's house, you realize, man, no one's gonna give you anything unless they want something. And then when you come to yourself, here's what happens. Because, because you, instinct, you, you know that you belong in the Father's house, yet, yet you begin to feel guilt and shame and condemnation. And this is how guilt and shame and condemnation talks. You need to know this and listen very carefully. The son said, my father's servants have enough bread. So he immediately began to classify himself as a servant because of what he had done. He didn't, he didn't say, man, I have an inheritance I can go home to. He began to think about himself in light of what he had done. And he said, oh, my, my dad's servants, his solution was, man, I'm no longer a son. I can no longer be a son in the house, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna, I'm gonna present myself to my dad as a servant because that's just punishment and retribution for what I've done. Now listen, many of you, you do this. You make a mistake and then you begin to assess your own punishment in light of the Father. Let's keep reading. It gets so much worse. Verse 18, I will arise and go to my father. He got it right there. And then this is where he gets kind of crazy. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Now this prayer seems religious. It seems right. It seems like, yeah, that's, man, this seems super repentant. seems like, man, I mean, he's guy hit the mark. He's repentant. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. This is inappropriate. We read this. We're like, yeah, that's right, man. You squandered all your dad's property. You should pray that prayer. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And we're like, yeah, amen, Sky. Man, this guy. Keep reading. And he arose and he came to his father Oh, help me, Father. <laughs> but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. While he was still a far way off, before he had ever prayed a prayer of repentance. His father saw him far way off. And he felt compassion and the father began to run. Jesus came to reveal the father. The God we were singing to tonight is a God who runs. 
My God runs to those that are covered in the most shame, the most sense of, of, of self-hatred and unworthiness. The God I know and that Jesus revealed, he runs. He runs before you even get into the doors. He sees, he feels, and he runs. This is the God we serve. He runs. And look at what he does. He's at a full sprint. The father, this is an old man. This is a father. This was unbecoming. This was unbecoming of grown men in these days to run. It would be a sign of fathers and, and, and dignitaries. They wouldn't, they wouldn't run. It was, a, it was an undignified response that was coming out of the, the fullness of his love and his heart for his son. And he ran and embraced him and kissed him. What did the son do? He just, he just began, he was on his way home and the father sees, I want you to see this about God. Listen, I know we're in Bible school and you're getting, you're getting a fire hose of, of just beautiful everything, but I wanna tell you, I wanna tell you, this revelation of the father will produce in you a joy that is unmatched. There is a joy that can come only from you truly knowing God as father and that you belong to him as a son or a daughter. There is a peace and a joy and a freedom that is unmatched in your connection to God as father. You can't find it any other way. You won't find it as a missionary. You won't find it as a minister, as a preacher, as a teacher, as a healer, as a deliverer, as a singer, as a songwriter, as a worship leader, as an entrepreneur or a business owner. You will not find the peace and the joy from those things until you know God as your father. And I'm not talking about I know him as your father. I know him as father and tell you about him. I'm talking about you know God as father and that you have a real vital connection with him and that you're aware of everything that would hinder that connection. And that's what I wanna do tonight is I wanna take a spotlight into your heart and mind and go, wow, you may have thoughts and beliefs that are hindering you from experiencing God and enjoying God as father. And so, so we need to know, we need to know, we need to know, we need to know God is a God who sees. He says he saw him. God sees you. God sees every single one of you. He sees you. He sees you. He sees. He sees you. He sees everything about you. He knows what's in your bank account. He knows all your relationships. He knows what's in your heart. He knows your prayers. He sees you. He sees the good side of you. He sees the bad side of you. He sees the ugly side. He sees the side you don't pray, you don't talk about. He sees the sides of you that, that you pretend that you don't have. He sees. He sees. And not only does he see, but every part of you that discourages you, every part of you that you wish you could fix, every part of you about you that you wish you could change, every part of you that feels like it's prone to wander, you're still stuck in this, you're still stuck in that. He sees you and guess what? He, he's moved with compassion towards you. 
This is the condition of our father because the parable that Jesus is telling us is that this man, this son of his, he, he did some bad things. Number one, he said, dad, I wish you were dead. Let me have my inheritance. It was a massive offense to his father to ask for the inheritance while he was still alive. And then he went and he wasted it and he spent it on himself. And he basically is just the biblical epitome of a fool. And even then, God looks at this man and he says he has compassion and he runs to him and he embraces him and he kisses him. Oh, this is amazing. And, and I want you to see the son. Now, I want you to see the, the, the lost son here. The lost son, I, I can picture him because I was him. I can picture him. His dad is hugging. He sees his dad running. He sees his dad running and he's like, oh no. Because we know, because Jesus tells us what's going on in the, in the son's mind. The son says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I'll just be one of your hired servants. So he had already put himself down and he says, I'm not gonna be a son anymore. I'm gonna be a servant. And so now he looks up, he's still a long way off. He can barely see the house and he just sees this figure just running towards him. I picture old men back in the Hebrew times, they didn't run real well. So they ran like this. <laughs> I don't know why. Just kind of laboring, you know, old man. And he's running and the son hasn't gotten to pray his prayer yet. And his dad, his dad grabs him full of compassion and begins kissing him. Oh, son. Oh, son. And the son doesn't know what to do. The son, the son, we know the son didn't know this love because it's why he asked for the inheritance to go in the first place because he wasn't satisfied. So he's never tasted a love like this. And he's, and he's being hugged by his dad and he doesn't even feel comfortable to hug him back because he still feels like a servant. So he's being lavished, he's being hugged, he's being loved on, but he's real... He's real limp. He's not engaged with his father. He's just, he's, un he's like, oh, and he's uncomfortable. Now keep reading. And, and, I, and I think we can infer this because of what happens next. Look at what it says. And the son said to him. So I think the son had to like push his dad off and go, hold on. I haven't repented yet. Hey, I need, I got to tell you something. Can you see this? Are you reading this in your Bible? The son said to him, Father, he's already hugged him. He's already kissed him. He already ran to him. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. We're like, wow, the man, he prayed the prayer. Surely the father hears this prayer. The father ignores the son. The prayer, the prayer was useless to the father. 
and he turns and the father starts calling to his servants, not because of what the son prayed, but because the growing compassion and joy in his heart. This is now a father and his heart's exploding with joy. You can't control this joy. He's already teed it up with the two parables. He's like, you have no idea. Why are tax collectors and sinners drawing close to me? Because there's gonna be joy here. Oh, because one, one of these may come home and me and my dad tonight, we're gonna have a party. Oh, y'all are not getting that. That's okay, it's coming. <laughs> we'll just pour all the wine first. Maybe we'll drink it all at the end. I don't know. <laughs> Some of y'all are waiting to drink. You can drink right now. Bella Fontaine, right? <laughs> See, the, the word of God is to, be, is to be consumed. You're supposed to drink it. It's okay to, for it to make you glad. Some of you are you're thinking more than you're drinking. You're like thinking about the love. Why don't you just drink it a little bit? <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. It is nice. His love is nice. This kind of love is nice. It's better than whatever we're, whatever, whatever. It's nice. Like it's, it's good. And he wants you glad. God wants you glad. We'll get there. <laughs> hey. So the father said to his servants, bring quickly, quickly, best robe, best robe. <laughs> Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. Our God is a God who eats and celebrates his children. We do not serve a stoic God. My God is not stoic. My God is not religious. He doesn't hide. He doesn't pretend. He's a God full of emotion. And you, in this room, you move his heart. You move him. You move him. And I don't know if you're far, I don't know if there's any prodigals in here. And if there are, if you're a prodigal in here and you're, I don't know, and you feel like you've been far from the church and far from God, I'm gonna give you an opportunity. You can just come down here at any moment over the next five minutes and you can come down here and someone from my family, I got a big family over here, my big family, where's my family at? Make some noise. My family is here. My family is here and they're gonna lay hands and they're gonna pray for you and rejoice over you. Amen. So if that's you, just come and run because we're in the house of God. Some are like, well, we're in a service. No, we're in the house of God and you're here. You're already here. So we don't need to do a fancy altar call and play the piano. If that's you, you know you're a prodigal. Just come lay yourself before God and you know he's going to meet you with his presence. Amen. All right. But that's not who I'm talking to now. Yeah. Come over here. Come on, man. Let's go. Yes. Yes. T. Jones, get him. Come on. Let's just be in the house of God together while they're celebrating. Now we're starting to drink a little bit. You can drink the wine. They can minister to him. It's okay. Yeah, anyone else, you can just come up and someone's going to grab you and pray with you. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow, that's awesome. Come on, that's awesome. That's awesome. 
Oh, I don't know that we know how to rejoice. Because, oh, I teach y'all that. Make sure we don't only rejoice when there's music playing. Because then it's not coming from him, it's coming from something else. I love music. I love it with all my heart. But just make sure that's not the reason you're moving your body. Make sure, make sure you're, it's by faith that you can actually see him. And by yourself in your room, you can begin to dance a little bit and lift your hands and praise God. And yet there's no pads playing. No one's leading worship for you. You're praising God because you have a praise and you have a song in your mouth. You have a confession. Why? Because God's been good to you and he's faithful and you've been born again and you're filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know how it's 842. Praise God. Let's just, I didn't, I feel like we're just getting warm. It's that CF&I anointing, man. It's like time goes away. If y'all finish before I do, God bless you. You're welcome to leave. <clears throat> All right, look at this. I want to get to this because this is who I felt like the Lord wanted to target tonight. He throws a party. Now watch this. This is me. This is who I want to speak to. Now the older son was in the field. And as he came and he drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But the older brother was angry and refused to go in. Guys, this guy was me. The older brother, the older brother was in the house, but he wasn't home. On the outside, this guy was in the house. He was with his father. He was, he was showing up at chapel. He was at every class. He was lifting his hands. He was doing all the things. He was in the house, but he was not home. And I, I have a feeling that many of us in our hearts, we feel like whatever this brother was walking through, we we're like, man, yeah, God, well, God will have compassion on him because maybe he's been away, maybe this, and we, we project this sense that the father is actually really, he's, he's really generous towards people who don't know, shouldn't know, whatever, or just have been far, far away. But we have this feeling that if we've been in the house and we've been serving God and we haven't been disobeying God and we've been doing all the right things, we have this feeling that maybe God won't celebrate me and lavish me and love me in the same way. Now, I want to help you understand tonight if you have been the older brother. And I, and I want to say this because I, I was the older brother for years and years and years of my Christian life. And, and this is one of the first signs. The son was in the field and it came and he drew near to the house 
and he heard music and dancing. What is music and dancing all about? Yeah, it's a party. Now, I don't know about you. My wife is usually the life of the party. Right, sweetie? Amen. And she throws amazing parties. And so I have learned through my wife, in a lot of ways, how to be celebratory and how to rejoice. So now, whereas in the past, I would used to hear music and dancing, and I'd be like, oh no, she's gonna make me dance. And I still sometimes that way when we're at a wedding and she wants me to dance. You know when someone makes you wanna dance, you don't wanna dance, but then if you just allow yourself to get drunk in the spirit, you can dance. And I mean in the spirit. Man, y'all are like, whoa, he can't talk that way. I can talk that way. I'm talking about God. Drunk in the spirit. When I say drunk in the spirit, I'm talking about you're unconscious of people because you're so aware of God. Come on. We are so hyper aware of what people think about us. What's he thinking about me? Just drink a little bit of the love of God and relax. They're not really thinking about you that much anyway. They don't care. They're not... And if they are, it doesn't matter. Guys, this guy heard music and dancing, and he was like, he, it was a foreign sound to him. Now look at what it says. It created suspicion inside of him. Rejoicing made him suspicious. Look at what it says. And he called one of the servants. He says, hey, what's going on in here? He didn't... <laughs> He could have gone in himself and gone, let me check out this party. This dude was suspicious. Why is there, why is there music? Why is there dancing? I work in this field every day. I work in this field every day. I don't hear any sound. I don't hear any singing and dancing. Why? He's suspicious. And now he doesn't, he doesn't even ask his dad. He asks one of the servants what these things mean. That tells you a lot about his relationship with his dad. It's his dad's house. There's music and dancing in his dad's house. And he goes and asks one of the servants. Isn't it interesting that the, that the prodigal son thought of himself as a servant, felt comfortable as a servant, and yet the older son, who's still in the house, still related with servants. So it's a tale of two sons who've identified as servants. Servants don't rejoice. They just do whatever they're told. They're not happy and free. Verse 28. Oh, praise God. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, someone come up here on that. Can someone come up here on this one? We can get the anointed one. <laughs> All right. Look at this. He was angry and he refused to go in. Now look at what the Bible says. His father came out and entreated him. Can I tell you tonight that if you're, if you're in the house of God, but you're not home, God, God doesn't just leave the house and go to the lost brother, he'll actually come out from the party and come find you as well. It was the father that came out. The servant 
The servant told him what was going on and he goes, man, the, the son goes, I can't with this. The older brother said, man, rivalry started coming up in his heart, anger. Man, if you get angry at someone else's breakthrough, this is you. If you can't celebrate other people, if you're constantly in comparison, constantly looking at what other people are doing and making you feel insecure and not good about yourself, this is you. Now I want you to see this because there's hope, there's life, there's, there's a father who comes out and, 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 and treats of him, meaning he, he earnestly invites him to come into the party because our father, our God is a God of rejoicing. He's a God of joy. Guys, he's a God of joy and we need joy in this hour. If, if there's anything, if there's anything, I really believe that true joy from being connected with our dad, it's gonna produce holiness. It's gonna produce hunger. It's gonna produce all the things we want, that we wanna see. But I believe joy is the means by which God invites us into a life where our life looks like him. Look at what he says. He was angry and he wouldn't go in and his father came out and he entreated him and he, the, the son answered his dad, father, and li listen to this, listen to this son. He says, look, dad, all these years I've served you. I've never disobeyed your command. This is a heck of a resume. How many of you would like this resume? Faithfully serving God and never having disobeyed a command. Now look at, but look at what comes out of his mouth. He says this, he says, yet, dad, you never gave me. You never gave me even a young goat that I could celebrate with my friends. And the Lord, I was reading that one day and the Lord said, son, can I show you, can I show you something in your thought process that, that you have that I wanna speak to? I said, yeah. He said, you think that you're serving me and your obedience to me is to get me to give to you something. He said, you actually believe that my willingness to give you the Holy Spirit, to give you affection, to give you joy, to give you a miracle, a breakthrough, the thing you've been asking for, you actually believe that your serving and your obedience is somehow has a, a, a role to play in that equation. And if that's you tonight, I wanna tell you that the father very simply tells him this. He says, son, what? You're always with me and all that is mine is yours. What do you mean all that's? The father says, son, you're always with me and all that is mine is yours. What's he saying? He goes, you could have had a goat whenever you wanted. He said, but you were so busy out in those fields. You were so busy trying to create a connection with me that you never actually came to me and just asked me for a goat. I would have given you a goat every night of the week, son. But he didn't actually have a connection with his dad. And I feel like for many of you tonight, that's you. Jesus would say this in John chapter 16, and we're gonna, we're gonna end here. 
Jesus says to his disciples, he says, guys, you're gonna have sorrow now, John 16, 22, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. And no one will take your joy from you. Oh guys, you're gonna be sad now because I'm gonna die. He said, but you're gonna see me again. You're gonna see me again. You're gonna know I'm alive. You're gonna see me again. You're gonna see me again. And your hearts, your hearts will rejoice and no one and no thing will take your joy from you. Now watch this. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. In that day, hey guys, in that day, you're not gonna pray to me. I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Watch this. Ask the Father and he'll give it to you. Not do all of these hoops and then maybe the Father will give to you. Ask, why can you ask? Because you're a son. This is breaking every box. I hope it's breaking every box. Watch this. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Watch what Jesus says. Please listen to his words. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. You know why we don't have joy? Because we don't actually ask God what we need. Some of you need a hug. Some of you need God to just hug you right where you're at. Some of you need him to just prophesy the mess into your bones, encouragement and love and affection. Some of you need to know that God is so delighted in you. Some of you need, some of you need direction and clarity. Some of you need provision. Some of you need resources. I want you to stand to your feet. enjoyed this episode and if it impacted you make sure to share it with a friend or someone that you think could also benefit from hearing this message and if you haven't already make sure to subscribe to the braveheart podcast so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes we love you be brave